We'll edit this. We'll edit it so we're not. Sound like idiots? Well, we are, but. <laughs> this episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where you'll find some incredible dinners in their breezeway. They do four-course, all-inclusive dinners with wine pairings throughout the summer out in Lake Grove. At their Lake Grove store. It's really pretty place there. Tickets are 80% sold out, but act fast because some still uh, are available to Everything Pork, A Tuscan Feast, which I'd like to I'd like to go to, Mediterranean Feast, not that I wouldn't want to go there, Hawaiian-style pig roast, and a prime rib and shrimp dinner that I went to a few years ago. That's fantastic. You find tickets at Zupans.com, as you will also find... Details about Mother's Day, order flowers for delivery. It's actually this Sunday, as we're talking about this. You can also get a great spread for breakfast and bed, quiche, fresh squeezed, uh, OJ's, pastries, and more. They also have great gifts. That's where I've made it my go-to spot for unique gifts. That's a pretty cool gift, breakfast and bed. Oh, They'll yeah. do everything for you. You just go pick it up and get it done. Yep. Very nice. Also, Wine 101. They're taking their wine show on the road. So their tastings, their Wine 101 tastings and seminar, you'll find on May 20th at Willa Kenzie and Grand Moraine Wineries. It's $50 a person and includes tastings, lunch, and transportation. And again, you go to zoopans.com. The other thing you'll do there is... Sign up for their news feed. That's news with a Z feed. It's the best way to keep up with what's happening in all their stores. You can also receive exclusive deals. That's my favorite part about the news feed. Every time I'm in one of their aisles pulling up my email, what's the free thing this week? And let's go grab it. This week, it's the free Brownie Bites Cup. Who wouldn't want a free Brownie Bites Cup? It's one of the benefits. I don't know any other grocery stores where you can stop in the aisle and say, what am I going to get free and go pick it up? That's pretty awesome. Three locations, Lake Grove, McAdam, and West Burnside, and always at zoopans.com. This is Right at the Fork. It's Portland's food scene podcast with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventure. It makes it even more Portlandy, Court Johnson from Kink.fm. You're sitting here with the, that P hat, the I, Portland hat with the Oregon as the middle of the P. Yeah, Portland gear hooked me Very up with cool. this. Oh, they hooked you up. Yeah. Free I, stuff. You well, can't I, talk about it if it's free. I uh, well, okay. But it is <laughs> it is a great hat. I didn't I was I was gonna buy it, but I was hanging out with uh hanging out. I met with Marcus, and he says, here, have a hat. I'm like, okay. That's very nice. Yeah. He's a nice guy. I just put up a nice little house rack, uh, a hat rack at my house the other day, because I have, in the summer, I always have to have a hat, because the sure, you're out on the coast. head burns. Yes, no, it's no important. No matter what. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. So it's, you're, you're protected from this fluorescent light here in the studio. Well, I woke up uh, before, uh, you know, coming in here to record podcasts, and uh, I did my hair, and then I, I just looked in the mirror, and I'm like, eh. Not happening. That was, <laughs> I know that sound yeah, when I look in the mirror. So then I'm just like, oh, here's a hat. So I put on that. Nice hat. Looks good. Thank you. Looks good. And um, uh, have and Aaron Adams looked good coming in the studio. He might have been wearing a hat himself when he came in. Yeah, of course yeah. he was. But uh, it was good to have him back. I actually ran into him at Paiche uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He was having lunch there. And uh, said, hey, man, we, we had a fun conversation about his uh, powerlifting uh, life now. Yeah. It's become his life. And I said, we need to have you come back in and check in. Because he was with us a couple of years ago. Yep. When, um, when he had just opened Farm Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
And so a couple of years have passed. It's now in the food, con- Farm Spirit is in the food conversation in Portland, getting national coverage yep. for what he's doing with vegan food, or they're doing with what he's doing with vegan food. But uh, interestingly enough, I got a hint of it because when I asked him to come on the podcast, he said we needed to have his new chef on, Yeah, which I said, we don't want to do together. And he, he's, so Aaron is now executive chef and owner. Mm-hmm. And the new chef uh, is Kay Odera. Kay, Kay Odera. Kay Odera. He's really running the show over there. Yeah. Not that Aaron's not there, but I asked. We asked Aaron on the podcast, "When are we going to find you there in the evening?" Not. You're not going to find him there any right. longer. He's in the gym, uh, in his own gym mm-hmm. that he started. So, um, interesting to hear the uh, evolution of a creative sort, right? Who really enjoys building something. And putting it together and succeeding and building something beautiful and wonderful and mm-hmm. then moving on to the next thing. Right. Which is exactly what he's done here. Right. But he hasn't detached from Farm Spirit. No. He's still the owner and he'll still probably want to do something with in food someday. But he's handed off the reins to some people who really know what they're doing, who do a great job and do a theatrical experience mm-hmm. there. So... Um, one of those conversations that could have gone for a long time and, and wended its way into different areas with uh, Aaron Adams from Farm Spirit. And what's the name of his... Uh, Strength Union. It should be. Yeah. The guy's looking pretty strong, I got to mm-hmm. tell you that. I wouldn't take him on. I wouldn't even before this, but definitely <laughs> not now. No, not now. So, But uh, take him on on the podcast and uh, check him out and listen, go back a, a couple of years. I'm going to guess it's back in around the hundreds. That's episode 62, Chris. I was off. I was going to guess the hundreds, yeah. but 62. Mm-hmm. So what are we up to now? Hundred and We're getting into the 160s. Wow. Yep. Good for you. Congratulations. Good for you. A hundred episodes ago. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. Plus you add the sound bites to that. We're over like, we got to be at 250. Probably. 250 times we've sat down to do this. Yep. That's, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all you, all you want to listen to right now, start at one of 250 and keep going. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupan's, on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove, and at Zupan's.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape. And Ringside Fish House, in the heart of downtown, boasts the freshest seafood and an exceptional wine list. Both serve the world-famous onion rings that James Beard claimed to be the best he's ever had. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and ringsidefishhouse.com and make a reservation today. Join Right at the Fork host Chris Angelus for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italo chef Jose Chesa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact information there too. If you love food and travel, these trips are for you. And make sure to check in on local PFA events. And by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, 
Sparkling water with extraordinary Italian heritage is a refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name next time you're having a great meal. Ever since its founding in 1899, San Pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style. So, oh, I'm looking to my left now. How's that feel? <laughs> you get used to anything. Left at the fork. Left at, left at the fork. Never thought of like a different version, left at the fork. Political show. Political show. Yeah, I always wondered about why you call it right at the fork. Um, why is it called right? Well, that goes back to our friend Heather. And we were trying to think of the name for the podcast. I already had a column, so I have to go further back. I had a column in a bad face called right at the fork. And so if you actually Google right at the fork, are we keeping you up? No, I'm just terrible. <laughs> We've already bored him. Yeah, no. But no I've been yawning the, all day. It's terrible. I got terrible sleep. But you're time. eating healthy. Yeah. You're doing healthy things. What are you yawning for? I'm the one who should be. I'm just constantly tired. Really? Yeah. So when are you going to catch up on that? Because, you know, you're young. I'm going but... on vacation soon. Where are you going? Oh, we're going to go to the coast. It's our one-year anniversary. Nice. Yeah. Where are you going on the coast? Um, we're going to probably, uh, we're going to, Jesus, uh, what's it called? forget the name we got an airbnb like a little cottage like on a river near um newport oh nice yeah so do you have like the vegan spots picked out down in there? newport there's a space i don't remember the name of it but we went there when we were i was at the last powerlifting meet i was at mm -hmm. we went and ate at a place and it was really really good i was like surprised because i'm not no offense but usually not do so well on the coast no, I'm not offended. I say the same thing. That's why I've lost weight, man. <laughs> you're just, just not eating. You're just refusing to eat. No, well, no, I'm walking, but I, I'm eating, but I'm not. I actually use my dining dollars here in Portland. Yeah. I don't want to spend a lot of money on food out there. There are a couple of cool places. But let me ask you for you, is it, uh, are there apps for vegans to, yeah. to find spots yeah, that, yeah, are, yeah. that are pretty, yeah, there's, are they comprehensive? Do they do a good job? There's one called Happy Cow that's mm -hmm. probably like the most comprehensive worldwide. I mean, you can find restaurants everywhere in every country. Um, and, you know, they rate them by like um, vegan, vegetarian or vegetarian, vegan friendly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that's pretty easy. I can find stuff that, with that pretty easily. That's good. I would find that really frustrating. And it's, it's one of the things, you know, I've. I've always found it a little frustrating when I'm with someone who's vegan. And yeah. Navigating menus in, in non-vegan restaurants has been tough, but so you have, but you have to actually find the spots, or do you go eat at? We well, eat yeah, omnivorous uh, restaurants, and uh, just you know, there's just, usually something on the menu you can eat, and if not, then we go somewhere else. But you know, usually it's not that, especially in Portland, anyway. Yeah, yeah when no, I leave it's, town, it's not so easy. But when we're, yeah, when we're in Portland, it's you know, go anywhere. Yeah, no, I no, besides I know like here. Ruth's Chris, you know. Not the best. I'm sure they can figure that out. Yeah, give you a there. big potato. Yeah, you know, some kale. Yeah, with yeah. some kale in it, mixed in. Yeah, delish. So I ran into you at uh, at Paiche a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, we had a nice conversation, which is how you ended up here again. Yeah, it's like, hey, you got to come on. You've done a lot. You've you've done a lot since you were last on, which I think was two two and a half years ago, maybe. It was like right when we opened. Yeah, right. Farm Spirit. Yeah, it was when I hadn't heard of Farm Spirit. I yeah. hadn't heard of you. 
who the and, hell am I? Yeah, who are you? And um, you were working with Heather, who at the t- at the time was our partner here, and <coughs> my partner right. here in the podcast. And um, and she said, "You got to meet this guy who's doing something very different." So um, I paid I, her to say that. Literally, yeah, of course, yeah, you did. You have to meet her, but she believes meet in him. you. You know, I, I, she believes in you. And when she had said a while ago um, that Aaron's opening a uh, powerlifting studio, and yeah. you should know about that. Like, yeah, but what does that have to do with food? But it has to do with you. Yeah. So that's important. But anyway, so we were at Paisha when they were actually. He just announces we his hours are changing again. Right. So. Um, so we actually met on a Tuesday or something there, which is no yeah. longer, he's not, at least this week, open then. Um, but that food is pretty incredible. It's unbelievable, yeah. Um, yeah, he's so talented. He he really is. Yeah. Uh, it's just that he enjoys surfing more than cooking. See, that's a, kind of the same thing. I think that's where Jose and I are this, are similar, right? That's where I was going with wow, it. Wow, what a good segue. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I think that after a while... I mean, I don't know. It's not for, it's not the same for everybody, but for me, I just can't live my entire life for just cooking in the restaurant. I just can't do it anymore because it's just uh, I'm not interested in playing out the stereotype of a chef of just being like an obsessive, like crazy person. Like when I when I see people who do that, I just feel, you know, like it's I mean, like, yeah, if, that, if that's what you want to do, if that's your good time, then Awesome, go for it. But I don't know. I want to hang out with my wife. That seems pretty cool. Uh, I like my dog. You know, what kind of dog do you have? We have a little Jack Russell Terrier mix, like little hound. Nice. I think he's. A, I don't know. He might be pure. I don't know what he is. We got him from a rescue, but he's a little Jack Russell Terrier, a little animal, mm-hmm. and he's amazing. Dash is his name, and he's just like the best little creature. Dash is a good name, and I like doing other things. You know, like having time with my friends. I like having a life, I guess, and I think that like. Especially for me, you know, like, not, I'm not being a very religious person and believing that, that I do not have everlasting life ahead of me. Uh, this is, have you seen the, the Ron Reagan ads at uh-uh. all that, are, that I just started, started seeing about no. being an atheist? And at the end, he says, because I'm not afraid of burning in hell. Right, and he gives right. that message. Yeah, definitely not afraid of burning in hell, but I'm also, like, not extremely psyched about the idea of just, like, not existing anymore. So I, while I do have, like, you know, senses... <laughs> Um, and I can sense things and, you know, observe the world around me. I want to go do that instead of being inside of just four walls all the time. And that's part of the thing about farm spirit that's important for me and is that I don't want my people who work for me to eat, to do that either, right? Because it'd be hypocritical for me. And I just don't want to be that kind of boss that's just like, hey, I'm going to go, like, fuck off now. And you guys, you know, stay here in the basement. I'm going to lock from the outside, you know. <laughs> so, so my guys, they all... Um, you know, uh, try, I try to have them have a balance. So most guys like work four days a week over there. If mm-hmm. And yeah. and so are they? So I know it's important to you that they um, make a good living. Yes, and that includes healthcare and all that stuff. Yeah. So so you you have fourteen seats. Have you expanded? Fourteen seats. Fourteen seats. God, I got that. I can't believe I had that right. <coughs> so you have fourteen seats. Couple of seatings or two, one two, two seatings, seatings? on. Um, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we have three seatings on Saturday. We used to do a late night seating on Saturday, but it was just too tough on the on the team. As like you know, these guys are getting out like, you know, two, three in the morning because after cleanup on you know Saturday night cleanup. So 
we switched it to do like a four o'clock early seating and i was like oh we'll see how it goes and it's weird we're selling it out so well that's good better to have it earlier yeah than late yeah and, and then I, we hired a new um uh jamie apuna is our new sommelier and you know there was just like after she had worked like with us a couple times you know she was just like hey you know this is too late and um you know i just want to listen to these people and like you know make the restaurant work for my employees not try to force them you know into doing something that that is bad for their health or bad for their lifestyle you know so i haven't done the math i'm sure you have uh, but 14 times so how many how many covers a week are you doing and i'm i'm asking that because not to test that you know but because i think it's pretty incredible that you're doing so few Right, we do, and and yeah. still making a living and making a living for all your people. Too. We do an average of about 104 covers a week. Okay, uh, we sell through about uh, over the year. We sell through 96.7 percent of our tickets available. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a small percentage that goes to like my wife and to like friends for like you know or trade, um, and then there's a small percentage, very very small percentage that doesn't sell. Um, most of those tickets that don't sell seem to be in April for some reason. Um, Why then? I don't know. And it's kind of a convenient time for us to have um, a but slower. You're not, you're not talking about unsold nights. You're just talking about two or three seats that right. are unsold. Not, right. It's not going to change change it too much for you. No. Negatively. Not um, at all. Right. But it's, it's, it makes, it's, it's, a, it's a weird time of year um, in Portland. And I mean, that might change, you know, as the weather seems to be changing and things are always changing. But, um, over the past couple of years, it seems like April's kind of the year, the, the month when um, we're out of um, farm produce and storage stuff and before things really start popping um, and wild stuff has popped up. But but I don't know, it seemed that early, man, I guess asparagus started earlier this year. I've, I've um, Nettles and wild stuff is popping like crazy already. Uh, morels are going to go nuts this year. Excited. But so April's gonna look good, and 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 this and like I said, and also April um, seating looks better than last year too. So everything changes, and it's gotten better every year. You're in year three now, is it? Yeah, we're coming into year three, and um, yeah, no, it's better for sure. Um, when did you first uh, realize that you had that your dream was coming true in terms of this restaurant's gonna is gonna do really well? I think that after our first summer, um, we opened up, um, let's see, when did we open up? June 2015. And we, well, we went through that summer and, then we, and, and we did okay because we only did one seating then. And then it was the second summer after uh, we'd gone through a whole you know, loop. And, and, you know, when you go for a full year in a restaurant and you, and you circle right back to a season – you kind of get a sense of what's going on and you and you, you start to like be able to take a look at like dishes that you did in the past and kind of rework them and start reflecting back but like that first that second summer then um when we had two seatings and three seatings on Saturdays and we were just rocking it and we had gotten a name um we'd gotten a little bit more recognized and we had tons of i mean it's so crazy in the summer it's it's unbelievable i mean we ha- we'll have um you know, 70 people on the waiting list on a Friday night and a Saturday night. And, um, I mean, we're, if we had the gumption and the space, we could really expand, um, into, into something larger. But that doesn't sound like something you're 
you want to do? I don't know. It seems like the, the I like the concept where it's at, and I think that maybe we'll do. The idea is, you know, we have so many ideas, right? We're like, oh, we should do an events thing where we do like farm dinners and catering. We should do um, a less formal restaurant. Um, so there's lots of ideas out there. I've, you know, I've thought of things, you know, to celebrate my like Cuban heritage, like maybe do something that's sort of pan Latin. Um, and I don't know. But so um, you just cited the fact that you don't want that to be your, you know, a huge percentage of your life, just a certain percentage of yeah. your life that you have other things that you like to do and you're, you know, you're, but I get excited by projects. See, so that's what my, I think that, I think that it's come clear to me that more so than even chefing, like what I like to do is just to create new places to exist. Like, I, I, I feel like I've gotten good at it now. Like after, I don't know, I've, I've opened C three restaurants on my own. I helped open another one and I've opened another business and, and I feel like I'm getting better and better at it. I'm like, okay, now I understand how to do social media. I understand how to like make a website. I know how to, um, uh, you know, who to connect to for like building things or promoting things. And I just feel like I have like this kind of team together now. And so I was like, geez, you know, I just love the, I love making a new thing exist. So, with the gym, opening up the powerlifting gym, it was the same kind of thrill, way easier than a restaurant. But the same kind of thrill of like, oh, it's like create a name and we'll create a logo and we'll create um, a website and a physical space that's and a mission and like a team and like grow it together. And, and then when you see people like using a space that you've created and all those things together, it's, I mean, it's super thrilling. And then, so I feel like what I do with my life, what my life has become is that in like in incredible punctual, you know, incredible amount of energy, like boom at one time, like just like, you know, not sleeping, going crazy for like two or three months, and then just like, then yawn and fall asleep and stuff for like a few months, and then do that, it over again. That parallels powerlifting, an yeah. incredible amount of energy uh, in one burst. Exactly, a big effort, and then lots of rest in between. What for sure. You, what have you identified? What in your life occurred to make that your thrill? Uh, that lifestyle? No, just the the concept of the accomplishment of a, a concentrated effort where you have to do something in a moment's time. I think it's because I'm actually really, really, really lazy. Like honestly, I'm like a very, very. But if you were really lazy, you wouldn't be doing all of this stuff. You can. I'm never a very be... lazy person that feels guilty about being lazy. So then I get off my ass and do something incredible, so that people don't think I'm lazy. <laughs> and then, and then I go back to being lazy. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, totally. So, but you're not, you're not essentially lazy if you can do that. I mean, really lazy people don't do it. I like to be lazy, but I can't be lazy in order to like live and survive. So I just like pull it together enough to go out there and smash it for a little bit. And then I, and then I go back to laying down again. I think that's what I do. And that's the other thing about (laughs) about getting married. You can't hide that any longer because someone is witnessing (laughs) <laughs> when you're lazy, right? You got somebody else on. I'm and, trying to be better. I'm I, well. Geez, my wife has trained me well and corralled me into making sure I take care of the, the the home duties. I mean, she works a lot, and she's also so my wife's a competitive bodybuilder, and so she has an incredible work ethic. Work ethic. She's like she just makes me look like a total piece of shit, like in every single way. <laughs> And, and that's She's, what attracted you to her? Is, <laughs> yeah, like, the, yeah, the punishment of <laughs> feeling loathsome. 
Yeah, so she's, I mean, <laughs> she's like, you know, she's she's beautiful and she's strong and she's, you know, fit. And she like, she don't, when she was working night shifts before, when we first met, she was working, she's a nurse and she worked 7 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. She did that for 14 years. Wow. And, you know, she'd go and, you know, go all work out and hammer it at the gym and then go to work all night and then come home and like make breakfast, organize all of her stuff, go to sleep for a few hours and then do it over again. And then, then, then she went to day shift and then, and then, um, had to readjust. And then just recently she got promoted to be a charge nurse. And so now she works 10 AM to 10 30 PM. But you know, it's like crazy when she was doing that seven to seven, um, AM to PM shift, you know, she'd get up at three in the morning, go kick ass at the gym for like two and a half hours and then go to work for 12 hours. And she's, she's just a lunatic. And so it inspires me to, to work harder and be better. And, um, but Are yeah, but since she's at work all day, she can't see how lazy I really am. <laughs> and thankfully she's not listening to this. <laughs> Hopefully not. I'm not going to tell her when the tune in. <laughs> you know, Chris, uh, we had a great experience at ringside steakhouse the other night celebrating your birthday. Yes. It but- was a great way. They gave us, they sat, I was told beforehand it would be kind of, uh, it, it, we were getting squeezed in. Yeah, because eight there were us. there were eight of us, and they said, "Well, it's you know, it's kind of kind of a big group. Here's the configuration." Late. Yeah, but was, I we waited were, till the last minute. It was great, and we were right in front of the fire. It was right in front of the fire, and we had just a. It was a spectacular way, and being the cheap guy that I am, I suggested we all go for uh, the prime Monday prime rib Monday night for thirty five bucks. And I thought that you know, if you're inviting other people, and I'm not, you know, everybody's coming and paying for themselves. I thought. I'm not asking people to spend a lot to celebrate my birthday no. with me. It was 35 bucks for three courses. I upgraded from the mashed potatoes. You ate with served. a lobster mashed lobster potatoes. Lobster mashed potatoes, man. I kept on looking over and seeing that, yeah, and well, I that, was like, oh, I made a mistake. for not sitting next to me, because no. if you'd been next to me, you could have dipped in. It, seriously, if you haven't been to Regenside Steakhouse, this that's the perfect introductory to the to the steakhouse is going on a Monday night and getting the prime rib deal because it comes with the the mixed greens to start with, then you get your prime rib with your choice of potato. You went with the the uh, lobster mashed potatoes. I went with French fries because I'm old school and I like to dip it in everything. And then the creme brulee at the end. Yeah, you get that with it. And those aren't the only specials they have. They have the, at Ringside Fish House, they have the half-price wines. I believe that's Sunday night. Yep. So uh, you go to rings, either of the Ringside websites, Ringside Steakhouse or Ringside Fish House. Dot com. And you Just can check that on out the end. all those wonderful things. And then the other thing that we had, too, that can't go without mention are the onion rings. Oh, yes. We had a few orders of onion rings for the table. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the onion rings that James Beard called the best onion rings he's ever had. And I'm going to, I'm going to, not very often that I agree with James Beard because I know so much more. The, the level or the, the <laughs> amount of batter that's on those things is the perfect amount. I was blown away by it. Great. You mentioned the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com, ringsidefishhouse.com. And that's where you can make your reservations. So, uh, and you're... Your uh, your engagement period, mm. your courting period was pretty pretty slim. Yeah, correct? short. Yeah, yeah, I think four months. Oh, that's that's not too. That's something you got to know each other, sure, fairly well. Yeah. So, but <laughs> and how did you meet? Uh, Tinder. Really? Yeah. Because you're. I'm thinking you got gym things going on in both of your lives. <laughs> well, that, it happened mm. like this. I had been working myself to, to death for a long time. 
and I kind of didn't want to do that anymore, you know? So I've been working as, as a cook for a long time, and I've been... Whoa, Jesus. Sorry about that. Uh, that's her. She, she's like, she's yelling she at me. Let me, let me she she doesn't off. know you're actually doing something fairly productive No, I right like now. that my phone tells me, too. It says scam likely on the thing, <laughs> so I just don't have to worry about it anymore. But, um, I, you know, I've been working at the... I've been working at Farm Spirit, you know, uh, for a couple of years. We've been open for a couple of years. And, you know, I, I was having... Um, I was just feeling really burnt out and, and my and my anxiety, which I've always kind of had, um, was getting really, really, really bad. Like really, really pronounced. And what 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 did you have anxiety over? What kind of things Nothing. Make you it's nervous? just like totally like some sort of this new mental illness that I've developed that's really amazing. It's like beautiful. Mwah. I love it so much. It's like uh like you like you're literally like sitting there doing nothing. Like my wife actually saw it for the first time where it actually like came on because she usually sees me like in the, oh, so it's like a panic attack yeah like a panic attack so like and uh and she's never seen it come on before she's seen when i've just uh been you know like like you know, cowering in the fetal position somewhere in the house and she comes home and she's like what's going on but you know we're like talking and then like suddenly just like it's like a rush you know and so i started getting these like about two and a half years ago i think i just kind of got my body's just like you're done you know like stop working so hard and so you know just like <clears throat> have these um these attacks where you just like, um, my heart races. Like I'm sitting there and my heart's going 110, 120 beats per minute. And you're just sitting there and you just feel completely overwhelmed. And like, you feel like you're going to die and you're like, I'm just going to, and you feel like you're, and so it's like, it's, it was really fun. Cause I was feeling like I was having like a near death experience every couple of weeks. Right. <laughs> that is fun. Yeah, That's, it's, it's awesome. I can't think of anything else. It started we, when we were doing the build out of farm spirit. There's a new business near yeah. death experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. And so, uh, you know, like I remember just like after I had my big, my big event, which sent me to the hospital because I, I had such a bad panic uh, attack that I thought I was having I'm a heart attack. I'm sorry to make light of it. No, no, it's, it was, sorry, it is, it is hilarious. Yeah. But, um, um, and then, you know, I'd be building out the restaurant and, you know, I'm at Home Depot, like pushing like two by fours along on a cart going like, you know, you're not dying. It's okay. You know, like pull it together. You're not really having a heart attack right now. Just keep on pushing the wood, you know? And, uh, so... <clears throat> I, you know, I just was starting to realize I just like, you know, maybe uh, I need to take it easy, right? Maybe. So I started to pull back and try to like pull back, pull back, pull back and um, give more responsibilities to my guys. And eventually I was able to extricate myself almost entirely and then recently um, completely so I could open up um, the gym. But um, so are you are you there for service the, all, at the restaurant? Yeah. Hard, the hardly at all. Really? Hardly at all. Okay. Um, and it's really been able to give me a chance to kind of take a uh, take a breath and try to take you know look back and and see you know what I need to do to take care of myself. Um, but I mean honestly, like the guy like Kaodera is my chef de cuisine. He's a young man, incredibly talented. How's how do you pronounce that again? Uh, Kaodera. Okay. Kei. Okay. Um, and he's like, like incredibly talented. Like it's, it's, um, I think the thing that's, he, I don't, he does what everyone should do, which is take a look at something and study it, read about it, look it up and understand it. He understands every aspect of the, um, the, the produce or products that he's cooking or the processes he's doing. He just understands them. He has a great palate. Um, he understands how to excite someone's palate. And how to put the a progression of a meal together. And 
How'd you find him? He applied, um, you know, a couple years ago. And he was looking at either coming up to us or to a few other places, and he chose us, and I was really happy that he did. And, you know, he started off as just one of the cooks, and we just kind of moved up and up and up until he was, um, you know, I said, you know, obviously, it wasn't even like um, a promotion thing so much as just like saying, hey, obviously, he's taking the leadership position here, guys, so he's the chef. And, um, and did everybody agree? Yes. So yeah, the, it was not, there was no. It was a harmonious. Very harmonious. Yeah. And, you know, he's not, um, he doesn't fool around. He's not like super um, unicorn farts and happy, you know, happy time. He's uh, serious. And he's, and, and, you know, he has a serious kitchen over there. Um, and so um, it's, there was a great photograph that was taken of us at um, an event over at, um, God, um, at Ch- a Chesa. Um, for the uh, EC uh, siphon whippers, and uh, the EC had us do a dinner, and I love this one photograph. And I actually used it on my Facebook profile for a long time, and it's just like me, like you know, laughing, giggling, like waving at somebody, like "Hey, everybody!" You know, and him just sitting there, cross-armed, like staring off to the right, you know, very serious. I'm like, that is exactly our relationship, you know, totally summed up in this photograph. But he's, um, I he's just a real talent, and. Um, I'm just happy to see him. So I said, you know what, really, it's your kitchen. So I, I handed him the whole reins to the kitchen. He does, he handles everything. And then we hired Jamie Apuna to uh, be the, um, the front of the house manager and take over those duties, which is a little bit different than a normal front of the house manager. She's like the only person in the front of the house, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's a sommelier. She's going, um, she's working towards her master sommelier. And uh, she's, you know, she's worked at places like uh, Qua and the Perennial, Tartine, Lazy Bear. Um, so, you know, she's just knows she has a great background. She knows what she's talking about. She knows how to engage our guests. Um, so uh, those two um, and some other folks that we brought on have just really put together our team. Um, I couldn't do it without also like Melissa, our dishwasher. She's been with us for a while and I used to, she used to be our uh, dishwasher at my old restaurant and she's just like unbelievable and just, you know, it's just like, it is, it's this great team that we can count on. So I feel like if I was to come in there, I remember, let me just back up and say, I remember being a young man in New York working for Chef de Cuisine where we had a celebrity chef who I will rename nameless, um, who was the, you know, the. The, you know, the name of the restaurant who never did anything there and never did any work. And, you know, he'd come wandering in and start, like, trying to call tickets and screwing up the line and messing up everything. And I just don't want to be that guy, you know. And right now I'm out of my element there. I don't know what the hell he's doing or whatever. So I, I don't want to walk in and be, like, start throwing my weight around. And it's just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, they're running the show over there. And, and, I, and I consult with him and talk to him about some ideas about other projects and things like that. But so far as the kitchen goes, it's his. So, what involvement do you have in the restaurant now? Uh, I mean, I mean, besides, weekly, like weekly. What what functions are you, or or is it you've delegated? I mean, like you've I, delegated. I've delegated most of the tasks, and now I do just a business business administration, social media, the website management, like just all the really boring shit that nobody else wants to do. So, don't don't you miss being in a kitchen? You have to have, you have to have passion for being a chef to do what you have done. Yeah, I do. I do miss the kitchen, um, but. I'm trying to temper it with the fact that that I'm tr- you'll deal with my mental health, um, like anxiety and things like that, and all these other weird things. And has, trying to has it abated a little bit? 
Um, it comes and goes. So it's like, I feel like I can't necessarily live in a place. I can't be in a place where I'm like going to be just asked a million questions in a day. And that's what happens when you're a chef. All right. So you want to just stop right now? I'm, I'm out of here. Bye. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what I mean? Like that pressure of that right. thing. And it's like, it's nothing out of the ordinary, nothing extraordinary or anything like that. It's, it's just quite ordinary. Um, the level, I, I feel like I just, I, I start, finally started to realize why old people love, you know, smooth jazz. Right. <laughs> because you know, just want to relax. Well, I think it's, a, it's, it's not unusual for people to just seek solitude and peace and to get the voice out of their mind. Yeah. And I mean, we all, I think almost everybody cool. does that. And it's one of the things I personally found out at the coast yeah. and I'm going to fight to stay out there because it's exactly, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is this I, too I have, much? I mean, I feel like I was too much just... That's why I like powerlifting so much is that it's it's incredibly focusing. Like I I was having kind of a bad anxiety day on Saturday and I went into the gym and I pulled um a bigger effort than I ever have and my you know and it just blew my brain right out, you know, just like clean. So just being able to to do that just like really focuses me and makes me feel better. So that so it's the mental focus that it takes and not not the physical, and maybe a combination yeah, with the for endorphins sure. no, the, and the mental focus is definitely important. I wouldn't say that I'm the best at that yet. Um, I'm trying to figure out ways. I'm I'm actually taking an online course on how to on, on sports psychology on how to um, focus better while doing that. Um, I'm a I'm a total beginner, and so I wouldn't like listen to me or get any advice from me on how to do that. But um, when it comes to how I feel after I do an extremely st- strenuous thing, I think that's strenuous for me. Um, you know, you just get a really good rush out of it and, you, and it really clears and sharpens you up or me anyway. Well, it's interesting that we're talking about this cause I will, and I'm glad to have the opportunity to, I like to mention on the podcast cause I, I can say it to more than one person. Yeah. I just watched the, uh, Gary Shandling, uh, HBO special. Okay. So, um, Judd Apatow got hold of all his notes and it's four hours of reading his notes to himself, Gary Shandling. Wow. Incredible. And a lot of it was about st- keeping his mind still. A lot of it was, yeah. I just don't want to think. I just want to be. Yes. And it kept coming back, but it's, it's a what problem. we're all trying to do is, keep, yeah. is stop the, the shit from s- swirling in our minds. No, I mean, it's a, it's a constant problem for me. And I think that it's, it's, it's a, it, the problem is I don't know whether being still is helpful or not because I think what I did for many years was put my head down and just work my ass off so I didn't have to think too much. I just I was preoccupied with the task at hand. Like, you know, if you come into the restaurant and I have a huge list, I just have to do it. You know, there's no choice. I mean, I could walk away and disappoint all the guests at night, but it just doesn't feel like a really good choice. No. So... You know, you just have to do it. So, like, you know, in my younger years, there's a lot of, I think there's just a lot of stuff that I just haven't dealt with or um, that I could probably <coughs> talk to a therapist about, you know, that uh, I just never got into because I, I decided that my form of therapy was to follow my chef's instructions. And my chef at the time, when I was a younger guy, his instructions were shut the fuck up, put your head down, look at your cutting board for the next five to 10 years, and then look up. That's not easy for a lot of people to just do. To yeah. just shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, and so do it. I did that for a while and then 
you know, and then I opened up a place and yada, yada, yada. And then you're just, you know, you're crazy busy and you're stressed, but you're, you know, so I'd have, I'd have meltdowns, you know, where I was just like, oh, we got to close the restaurant tonight, you know, and just like freak out, you know, um, and, you know, you can't, but then there's, um, but then, you know, when I, I start giving it away and giving away and then I'm sitting here, you know, with all this time to myself, you know, and I'm like, hello, you know, <laughs> it's just like very quiet. And like, then you can hear, you can you know, hear the voices. You know, so it's like, I'm, uh, you know, so I don't know what's better, but I think that what I would like to try to do is to be still and to be quiet. Um, and, um, and then, you know, just try to find some serenity. Did you find when, uh, the format or the, the layout of farm spirit is such that you have to, during service anyway, engage, engage, and you have <laughs> to, you have to remain you know, civ- no, I don't know words is civil, but sane. You have to look sane in front of Oh, your, yeah, all there's your many, many times where uh, I would be at Farm Spirit and be like, you know, like, you know, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you know welcome to Farm Spirit. You know, today we're going to be serving you our horticultural cuisine of Cascadia, blah, 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 blah. Thank you very much. And then go in the back and just like put my head against the wall and be closing it and like, and, like hyperventilating, you know, and then like come back out and like, oh, hope you're enjoying everything. Ah, ha, ha, ha. And like laugh and like, and then, you know, walk in the back and be like, oh, God, you know? How hard is that to do when sometimes you're just not into it? Really hard for me. Yeah. For anybody, though, to, to keep doing something that you. Yeah. I get emotional. You see, my. The emotional release that I'll get from my anxiety is um, is tears. You know, I was like la- laughing with my wife the other day. It's like I, I feel like I'm in Fight Club. You know, mm-hmm. like where I want to go to like a support group and cry on someone's shoulder, and it makes me feel release. And um, that kind of I get that release, and I get that feeling from being at the restaurant too, because it's incredibly um, stirring and emotional what we what we're trying to do, and you know, and it's and it's and it sucks because it's like do people think that we're being phony or that we're being you know just like hipsters or you know whatever they want to like put into it, like we fucking feel it, and and the connection that you get and the emotion that you get out of like taking a product that somebody took care of and showing it like real respect, and then trying to lovingly serve it to somebody in a hospital environment because you. You know, you really care about them. I mean, my, I mean, you feel it like well, that. Well, is... yeah, you've taken a product somebody else has respected and done, and now you're adding your love to it. You, and it's you, and it's not, and that's not hyperbole. Like that is fucking real. No, I know because you know. a lot of your dishes are not simple. No, and they take a lot of time to do a simple and the a part small of the thing, thing. And we try to make them appear simple. You know, like we want them to like look simple and not be challenging and not be sh- not show off. Right, but the preparation is incredible to yeah. get where you get on a lot of your dishes. <clears throat> totally, and and then you know, and then some people really feel it, mission accomplished, and some people, you know, are bored. You know, and it's you know that's fine. It's, well, it's you know I always laugh like you know some people who have who are incredibly. Um, well off or whatever, you know, I always like the joke I always say in the kitchen is like, these people could like pay to have like a baby killed in front of them. They don't, you know, this is boring for them. <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't care, you know, but there's people who come into our, our place who are, um, really caring, sweet, wonderful people. I'll say this too. What, one thing that's really lucky, we don't really have a lot of the, um, the, um, on, you know, we have some really good customers at, at Farm Spirit. Well, you know and, why? Uh, there are lots of reasons, but one of the primary reasons yeah. Is every single person who comes into your restaurant had to make that conscious decision 
that I'm going to go there and yes. I'm going to pay this before I get there. That's, you hit the nail on the head completely. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean that that is exactly exactly right because there's a certain personality that will do that. Now, like some crotchety person that's just like you know, like oh the hell with those you know, like you know I'm not paying for it and what's this no tip and you know whatever right? It's like right. you know they're just they, you know they're they're already upset and they're not going to buy the ticket. Cool, we don't have to deal with them. Plus, they're not they're not as likely to be dragged in by two other passionate people, right? And they don't want to be there because someone already had to decide to pay for that right. had to be paid for ahead of time. I find the same thing with similar to my events. They're yeah. not corporate gifts to people, right? There are people who all decided they wanted to be there and they like food enough. And people to are pay for yeah, it. and people are so excited to be there. And and I think the one thing that's really important for me, and it's in it's in our handbook, right? It's and when we train somebody and hire somebody, we like let did them you, know this. Did you write the handbook? I did. And uh, would you sell it to others? Sure. As a consult, you know, as kind of. I a would cheap love way of to help people consul- open restaurants. By the way, um, just throwing that out there. If somebody needs help opening a restaurant. I would love to be any part of that. If anybody mentions right at the fork, then that only means you're going to get a good deal. But the, Aaron is Aaron is going to be shooting a commission to the podcast for sure to support the podcast, so of we course. can have people like you. It's half all a circular. It's half all, a percent to you, no half, problem. Half. half. <laughs> I once but, had a boss who would say, "Well, that's point five. That's five. So, well, I, 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 in the handbook, we, you know, we say one thing that's really important is like we don't ever want people to feel like they should. They're lucky to be there. Right. We want them to understand that we feel lucky that they're there, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a, and I, you know, <laughs> I remember when, when, um, when I was in New York, there was always restaurants we were at, you know, like there was always kind of this like kind of stuck up kind of attitude that was like really famous for like New York restaurants that changed a lot after 9-11 because I remember there was like this conscious decision where like people were talking about it. Like, hey, we need to bring tourists back. We need people back. We need to be nicer. We need this. And it was like a really conscientious effort. And it really affected me when I started thinking about it. It's like, yeah, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, why are, you know, this is, this is a hospitality industry. Let's be hospitable. Well, also you're in a market like Portland, Oregon, where people have a couple of choices as to where they're going to go spend their dining dollar. You have to, you have to appreciate that they're making that decision and, and be flattered by it and also appreciate your, your own skill and everything you've accomplished to make that happen. There's a lot that goes into that. And we just like, so what we want to do for, for guests is that, we want to make it really interesting. We want to make it really fun. And we want to uh, have lots of surprises. We want to make it memorable. Um, so so we try to do that by just like innovation. Try to give Chef K plenty of space and time to work on new ideas, to get the equipment that they need, that everything works, everything's functional, that we update the space. We just remodeled the space last uh, January. Um, so we're always trying to just keep going forward, 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 forward. Uh, I think eventually I would like to see us, if I could get some people together to um, help us expand, I would like to see us do table service instead of the counter service. And the reason why I think table service would be better for Farm Spirit, or if like we had a combination of the two, because com- I'm thinking combination because com- you don't want to give up what people. The communal is nice, yeah. but I think what we could do with table service is that we could really customize menus for everybody. You know, so, you know, we have notes for guests. You know, we keep notes for guests. So if, like, if we notice that a guest doesn't like mushrooms, we take a note. And then when they come back again, they don't get mushrooms, right? But, like, if we could have, you know, like, and I have some customers like um, um, Linda, uh, of Linda and Mora, so a couple of our best customers. And Linda can't have, let's see, cucumbers, kiwi, melons, nettles, mushrooms, 
Um, Dude, you don't need a software system. You got it all in your head. That's yeah. good. Uh, that's like cucumbers too. Yep. And you um, led with it. And so then, um, you know, we have to like really make sure that we make a good menu, you know, make have a menu that works for her. Like, so she comes in the middle of summer, you know, like, oh, we got to make sure and figure out something besides melons and this and that and no mushrooms for her. But we have, um, um, if we had a table for for Linda and Mora, we call them the ladies. They're like one, some of our most loved customers. If Linda and Mora are sitting at a table, um, we'll be able to cater to them really exclusively or because they're such great customers, maybe I can treat them to something or whatever and not right. make the other customers no. feel like that they're not getting yep. something. I get that. Yeah. So, you know, and, and also here's the other thing. If I, I've, I've done this before at the restaurant when I've worked where I've had a guy who was you know, a big guy, I see a big muscly guy and he's just like, you know, you can tell that he's kind of like, Oh, these little tiny portions are ridiculous for me. You know, which by the way, after you eat 14, 15 bites, you're like full but, you know, this guy was a big guy. I could tell. I made him a sandwich. You know, we had some bread that we had baked off earlier, and I cut him, and I made him a sandwich, and I threw him a sandwich, right? And he knocked that thing down between courses while everybody people were eating. And so what I would like to be able to do is, like, if we have somebody sitting at the table, you know, to be able to throw those people 17, 18, 19, 20 courses if they're still enjoying themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So they're just to be able to really make the experience more tailored. And so I think that's the future for Farm Spirit. And so uh, I know your philosophy all along has been you're competing against everybody else, not just vegan yeah. restaurants. So um, that seems to have done, you've seemed to accomplish that. People aren't, nec- they're thinking of you as one of, one of the spots in Portland you got to go. I know. We finally, and- we got invited to Feast finally. So I was like, wow, that's like actually like. They got over our, our veganness. That's excellent. Well, I don't think they have to get over your veganness to invite <laughs> you. I think that's a highlight for something like yeah, no, feast, I mean, I'm like, super. Hey, no, look what thrilled. these guys are doing. We're super thrilled that we got invited and really honored. And um, you know, we, we're honored that we get invited to things like you know, we're doing an IPNC dinner again. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing, you know, with truffle festivals and all this kind of stuff. You know, like I feel like you know we get really included and. <clears throat> and I, yeah, and I think it's because we had the rethink. You know, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately too with vegan food. Something, a concept that's been bouncing around in my head is, you know, vegans have, they do this thing, which I mean, it totally makes sense, but they make replacement foods, right? So like, it's like, oh, I make my, you know, vegan scramble, you know, instead of scrambled eggs and, you know, tofu scramble and I got, you know, a vegan pancake batter, which is easy enough to do or vegan, you know, tempeh bacon, you know, and you got breakfast, Right. But I just started thinking about it as like, man, I would just, you know, the way that we approach food at Farm Spirit is just like kind of like forget about all that and not try to take omnivorous cues and like make our own food. And so I thought like, well, you know, what if I was, you know, to like start working on like a casual concept that was just like an entire other you know, alternate universe where we're going to get like the macronutrients and everything like that you need to like live and be healthy and all that kind of stuff like that. But like forget about what your palate is trying to drive you to do for breakfast because, you know, like. You know, the breakfast is different all over the world, right? And so I don't necessarily think that I need to, like, have uh, soy milk or almond milk in the morning, like, w- just because I, I feel like I have a cue that I need some sort of milk. Right. Right? So maybe I just forego milk and do something else, you know? And it's like, I know that almond milk is uh, almond milk's delicious, but the way it's packaged and everything like that, it's meant to be a replacement for milk. And it just, it isn't. So... 
Um, I, By the way, I had almond milk in Sicily last year. Yeah. It's a whole different thing than the almond milk. We're, was it more like um, amaretto flavored or what? Yeah. Well, no, it's just smoother and it's um, it, it was like a treat. It wasn't as the, just an ingredient in something. It was oh, a really? treat unto itself. Yeah. You, you got to try some different ones. There's so many different ones now. Um, Calafia is delicious, but they have some questionable ethics behind what their their investments. So. Well, plus, yeah, the amount of water that goes into almonds. Yeah, is... yeah. the amount of water that goes in the cows. It's quite a bit too. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> so, you know, um, we're we're we're. Uh, I was debating some of this stuff the other day. As I as I I've, I've, I found myself have free time to debate with people online about stuff. Oh my god, I feel so ridiculous just arguing with people on Facebook that you don't know. Yes, right. I need to like, or that you don't. Yeah, you don't yeah. care to know. Either. No, yeah, I'm the worst. I need to stop. No, that. you're not. There's it's a it's a syndrome. Yeah, you know? and we all get caught into as much as I say to myself, I'm never going to do that. You see something that just gets your back up, and you got to make a comment. Well, so. the thing that got me the other day was you know like there was this whole I don't know if you saw it, you know it was going around the internet where like this um, chef in Canada was butchering down a deer leg in front of a bunch of vegan activists that were like picketing his store. And people are like, you know, you saw that? I did, yes. I yeah, did. and people are like, oh, you know, like, why are these vegans bothering this one guy, you know? And I said, well, first of all, like, they had, like, some ridiculous exchange with each other. You know, that's that was really petty, you know, back and forth from both sides, on my opinion. You know, like, the guy had a sign up that said, like, venison is the new kale. Like, it's not that big of a deal for that guy to write that, you know, mm-hmm. like— it's just kind of dumb, whatever. But, you know, it offended this person so much, and then they went back and forth until it became like an escalated thing. And so I just like, like, oh, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, what I say is, you know, when people post this story and share it over and over again, it isn't, it's like, it's a non-story that omnivores like to post because it lets them feel good about the fact that they think that vegans are stupid, right? And so what I was trying I was trying to argue that the other day is it's like, you know, the reason why you guys post this is because it's it's like it's propaganda and it makes you feel great, you know, like, oh, look at these idiot vegans and whatever. And I said, you know, <clears throat> you live in a world where 99 point whatever percent of the time you're completely unobstructed from your ability to eat whatever the fuck you want. Like I can gu- I can I can get some change on my pocket and drive up to a window of a building and they'll hand me meat, right? Out of it in minutes, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you're fine, man. And you have like one fucking inconvenience and you lose your minds. Like one group of people in another country, like yell at a guy because he was insensitive or they thought he was insensitive. And you're like losing your, all these goddamn vegans, you know, like, dude, just calm down. Like shut the fuck up and like stuff your, instead of yapping, why don't you stuff your mouth with another cheeseburger? You know what I mean? (laughs) So I just don't want to, I just want to hear it anymore from people. So, so I got like a little upset because it's like, you know, it's like. I have I've had friends who've done prison time for because they were tried as animal enterprise terrorists under the EDA Act because they spoke their mind at like you know conferences about uh, animal cruelty, you know and they like basically went to prison for like years for thought crime. So it's like to me it's like you know there's people who care about real things about real reasons for for like environmental destruction or animal welfare that are like fighting. And then, you know, like, but let's not, like, print that new story or, like, talk about that. Let's just, like, worry about these, like, twee vegans in, like, in, in B.C. that are, like, yelling at a guy. You know, I don't know. Well, it just makes people feel better about themselves if they can just win and make a point. Sure. That's all. Well, yeah. And there's a support. I mean, I can support any of my arguments. And then somebody can refute all of my arguments with their, you know, whatever. It goes yeah. on and on and on. Um, 
and and nowadays there's a lot of uh, just reposting and retweeting the first thing that oh I agree with that and I'm going to put that out and then you find totally. out it's not even true. I mean, God, I know is, I did that the other day and I feel proud of myself because <laughs> if this is a thing to be proud of, but you know somebody had posted um, a bunch of like vegan friends of mine who are athletes. So they posted like, look, this study proves that like plant protein and whey protein are totally you know you know just fine. You know, like plant protein is just as good if not better. And so I reposted this article, but I said, I'd like to see some more research done, and this doesn't seem like a very extensive study. That's mm -hmm. how I posted it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fair way to post it. Because, I mean, it was like a study done on like 13 athletes over a month. You know? Right. <laughs> it's not a very extensive study. And it, well, it's and, also and, a personal disclaimer. Like, I, totally. I, I haven't looked into this. I don't have time, I don't have time to do all I the said, research I, on this. And I said and I've jokingly. people say, did you do the research on that? Like, no, I don't have time. Yeah. I just, anyway. But I was joking around a little bit, too, you know, and I said, like, yeah. you know, like, hey, this supports my theory, so there you go, <laughs> right? But, it, I mean, at the end of the day, um, yeah, that like, there's real science out there that shows that, Plant, you know, that people can live healthily on a vegan diet. Yeah, does does animal protein absorb, like not all animal protein, but like whey and certain types of protein absorb faster for recovery than, than plant protein? Absolutely, it does. But that doesn't mean that what I'm doing isn't suitable. You no. know, so, and, and, and that's the whole point of, the other whole point of like, my my quote unquote activism uh, is, is doing the powerlifting. You know, I'd like the most like, Least direct methods of activism is you know, owning restaurants and doing powerlifting. Um, you know, so you know, because I'm too much of a of a coward, you know, to go out there and or too too oh, bullshit. or Don't too lazy me. to go out no, there no, no, and no. do the stuff. I'm on the just front gonna lawns. say, and you're joking, but I'm gonna say, opening a restaurant and opening and and powerlifting itself is not being a coward. Yeah, okay, but man? as compared to people who, yes, I understand that, and those are risks and things like that. But these, you know, it's no kids that go and like put their themselves out on the line all the time for, for you know, go to jail and stuff like that for what. They believe yeah, but in. you don't. But, but I just why can't do you need deal to that. do that? Yeah, why do you need to? <laughs> so listen, we're, our time is yeah. limited, and we didn't get to talk. I wanted to talk about powerlifting, and yeah, because when we met, you were talking a lot about it. We will have to have you come back because you're a okay. great guest. I don't even have to have a note because it's just going to happen. <laughs> but as long, I think we asked you last time, and I don't know if we did, but we should. Yeah, because um, we mentioned uh, my buddy Jeff Ryderbach. Yeah, want to just. Uh, a, a list, a list of a, a few places that you would suggest that we've done vegan lists before, vegan restaurant lists oh, to before. Eat? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I mean, like, first of all, Jeff's place, Homegrown Smoker, is number one on my list. I think for, I you and know, he does the opposite of what you wanted, what you said you want to do. Totally, but is, so good. Yeah, it really and, is, and and yeah. abundant. You want to get full for sure. And and he's just like he's just a, like a hardworking. Um, Good guy. He seems to take care of his people. It seems like, mm -hmm. um, you know, on the face of it. I mean, I, I haven't talked to any of his employees, so I don't want to like be on the record for that. But it seems, it seems like from like what I've noticed that you know he he runs a good ship and um and the food's good and it's a simple environment and like no thrills, but like it's it's just solid. And um, so that's homegrown smoker in St. John's. In St. John's. Um, so far as other places that are vegan, I mean, besides, you know. Uh, food fight grocery is, um, there's two locations, one in like, uh, a hundred and something in Halsey. And then the other one is on 12th and Stark. Um, food fight grocery is the backbone of the vegan community in Portland. I, in my opinion, it is where, um, everything started. I think they, they had their original location on division street and those guys, the, the activism, the, um, the store itself, the products that they've introduced to Portland, 
everything that they've done, they've done uh, so well and um, and completely uh, uncompromisingly. And um, and they basically what they what they have is like basically kind of like a, a vegan Seven Eleven with uh, some a few nicer things. But it's not like a place where you're gonna go get like great produce. But you can get like twenty different versions of like vegan jerky or like snacks and all all the cheeses and everything like that. Like you can get really exposed to a lot of the the great like nut nut based cheeses and and you know they they take risks on like small producers and things like that. So they're really cool. Um, so far as other places that are vegan that I would say that are good besides Homegrown Smoker and um, Food Fight Grocery, I would say Jet Black Coffee is a really cool spot. Um, it's right next to the to the food fight out there way on Halsey. So it's a great neighborhood coffee shop. I just, just, met, a, I just met a realtor named Jet Black. Jet was, Black is Jet the guy's Black, name? Two T's, Jet Black. God, that's amazing. He, he inquired about going on one of my trips. His name is Jet Black. Then there's a Coffee Beers, another coffee place that just opened up in southeast Portland. Um, kind of near uh, on uh, off of like Gladstone and and like forty first uh, or forty second around there. Um, but they're they're super cool. They and their co- coffee beer. So what they do is they do like coffee during the day and then beer at night. Um, and um, so it's a really cool. It's like really cool concept. And um, besides that, I think that if I was to say places that I really love to go eat, it would have to be Yuansu, uh, which is a Chinese place. Out in deep, deep southeast uh, Portland, it's like fake meat, like Chinese American Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Like it's like totally like an American Chinese restaurant. Like so far as that they have like, you know, lemon chicken, General Tso's, yada yada, and then like hamburgers, right? But uh, it's totally vegan, which is uh, cool. And then, gosh, have you been to Dough Donuts yet? I have. So good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Dough Donuts, and then, um, and then. Uh, Gosh, uh, the Sudra is also one of my favorites for like late night eats. It's mm-hmm. like Indian inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sanjay, uh, my friend, owns it. Uh, super good. And and then you know um, what else is uh, you know it's Jose's place, Paiche. Paiche, yes. Yeah, which finally is, changed his logo to get rid of the fish when you're. Yeah, I don't think it's totally. Ve- I think it's vegan food. I think they have like milk for coffee and stuff, but otherwise, I think the food's all entirely vegan. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just a super awesome dude. Yeah. But if you go to Food Fight Grocery's website, um, they have a, a PDX vegan guide, and it goes over food, like all sorts of stuff, like not just food resources, but all sorts of stuff that's vegan. Cool. Yeah, and it's a really extensive guide. Good. I yeah. will also suggest you have you you should listen to the podcast we did with Jose Luis. When? Uh, a month or two ago. So oh, okay. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I think, March of 2018. That Everybody must have been, that must have been a lot of fun. He was great, yeah. you know. There's and I talked about it earlier. There's a certain passion that comes with people who aren't from the United States. Yeah, in Europe and with him, too, yeah, he's got a lot in his heart. So yeah, he's an exciting guy. Um, you got a lot in your heart too, man. It's, yeah, it's great to have you come in. Um, we got to make this kind of a regular thing for sure. Uh, once in a while, check in, see what you're doing. Yeah, and absolutely. When you have your next project, yeah, let's open after one. that's up and running. I got to do that just to have something to talk about. Yeah. Well, that's what you said. You got to keep your mind going. So yeah. I don't think uh, not being at Farm Spirit as much is gonna is gonna you're gonna have to do something for sure. You're have to do. So um, thanks for coming in. Appreciate yeah, it. I'm thanks, really Chris. glad I ran into you. This yeah. is great. All right. See you, bud. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. <laughs>